We're recording now. Great. Hello, and thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, my name is Pastor Rita Gant, and my husband, Pastor Tori, and I, and our church family here at House of Power Outreach welcome you to this uh, teaching tonight, and we're excited that you are getting in the Word and are excited to learn um, what God has to say to you by His, by his uh, Word tonight. So let's just go ahead and pray. Father God, we just thank you, Lord, for your presence in this place. We thank you, Lord, that you just have your way in and through this teaching, Lord God, that our hearts are open to receive from you and to be changed, Lord, by the power of your word and also the power of your love, Lord, for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Well, if you'd like to uh, learn more about House of Power Outreach and what we believe, you're welcome to go to hoplchurch.org and find out a little bit more about us. And if you'd like to support us, there's a, an option there to do so as well. Um, so tonight's message is uh, titled Dying by the Sword. A couple of weeks ago, I did a message called Living by the Sword. And so I thought it was pretty interesting whenever the Holy Spirit, Spirit put it on my heart to uh, choose to do one called Dying by the Sword. We're going to get into it in just a moment. Um, my byline here is when we choose to be spirit-led, we are choosing a life of victory and peace. So last week... Um, we actually intended to re-air session four from the series that we did over the summer called Overcoming Worry, Fear, Anxiety, and Doubt. Uh, but due to some technical difficulties, we weren't able to re-premiere it. So I would, if you are a follower of us and you are, you know, uh, watching every week uh, b both times, and you, or just uh, if you just want to, uh, I do encourage, Pastor Tori and I encourage you to go back and look at session four uh, because we believe it's timely for this season. Uh, so that's why God put it on our heart to... Uh, to uh, provide it to you, but it is still there in our ar archives uh, on our YouTube channel. If you just type in H.O.P. Hill Church and then session four, scroll down to some other people's session fours and you'll get to ours. And it's actually, uh, um, it's part of the series that we did, like Overcoming the Worry series. Uh, but this particular one is having a, a, a heart that's unchained to fear. So it's overcoming fear. So if you could go back and re-listen to that one, that would be great and take your notes and do whatever. Uh, but we we need to live a life without fear. And it's important for us to, to freshen up on that every once in a while. Amen? So there's some good scriptures there for you. Okay, so like I said two weeks ago, we did a message on living by the sword, and we talked about how important it is to keep the word, which is the sword of the spirit, consistently in our lives, okay? And this week, we're going to talk about dying by the sword, which is actually a study that we've done on overcoming our flesh, okay? So let's begin in Galatians 5, 24. I have it here in the ESV. It says, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh which it's with its passions and desires. And that's what we mean by dying to by the sword. You, um, you die to your flesh or you crucify your flesh. Okay, so when we get saved, do we just immediately, like by magic, have no more desires to do bad things? No, I wish we did. But uh, we, 
we do not, <laughs> but we do or we should have a desire for hol holiness that we didn't have before. And holiness is just setting something apart for God, setting, setting, setting it aside for, for God, making it holy for God. Uh, so setting it apart for God. So whenever we come to Jesus or we receive Jesus into our heart and the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us, we should have a desire for uh, holiness, which is, you know, setting things aside for God and, or, or setting ourselves apart and aside for God. So that's, that's what holiness is, okay? Um, it's a, de a deep desire to set ourselves apart for God. Um, so when I came to the Lord, I had, you know, I had, didn't even know you could have a personal relationship with God. And so when I found that out, I was ecstatic. And, uh, you know, I just... I got crazy about it. I just cut everything off that I didn't think was godly. And uh, I just, because I just was so grateful to God for saving me and for wanting me and, and uh, wanting to be in relationship with me, I just wanted to do anything and everything I could to set myself aside for him or apart of, from everything else so I could just be with him. And so that is really the definition of holiness. Um, so the desire for holiness can go a long way toward uh, the cleanup of the flesh. And the flesh is just your, your carnal desires, your, um, your, the, the desires to do things that are contrary to what you know would be pleasing to God. Okay, So the desire for holiness can go a long way towards the cleanup of the flesh if we allow it to. Uh, just like when you got saved or just like when you uh, got the revelation that God was, you know, so personal and then you just wanted to just do everything. That's just that uh, feeling, that desire for holiness can go a long way towards um, uh, the cleanup that we need to do in our lives. Uh, just, but just like everything else in life, as we move on in our life and as we grow and, and live life, we will have choices to make every day. Every day we've got choices to make. And uh, when we choose to go by what we know to do that is right, we are choosing to crucify the flesh. Uh, when we hear the word and read and study out the word of God, we get stronger in our ability to make these good choices to crucify our flesh, to make the choices that are good that will be pleasing to God. So Galatians 5.16 in the ESV again says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. When we allow the guidance of the Holy Spirit and the guidance of the Word to shape our walk, we will not choose to walk in the flesh. Romans 8.13 ESV says, For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So true living, living in God's purpose and plan for your life, is the best way to live. It just truly is. And you will experience great victory and peace living God's way. I promise you. I've tried it both ways, even as a Christian. So Galatians 2.20 and this is uh, Pastor Tori's favorite scripture. I'm going to kind of let you know what it means because I'm, I'm going to read it to you. And it sounds like a bunch of great Christian lingo, but I'm going to explain to you what exactly it means here in just a minute. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Okay? So what does this even mean? Um, so Paul is writing this, and he is uh, writing it in... Um, by the Holy Spirit's guidance, okay? And uh, his statement here is that we become so closely attached to Christ that we die with him and he begins to live in us. Another way to look at this is this. Christ was crucified for our sin, so by faith we trust that his death paid for our own personal sin. In that way, we are crucified with him. Our sin died with him on the cross. And that sinful us, that sinful me, died and was replaced by the resurrected Christ in us, in me, in you. We continue to live in the flesh, of course, but our lives are now directed not by our sinful selves, 
but by our faith in Christ. Our desire to be in Christ, our desire for him is what rules us now, not our sinful desires. So that's what that means. Uh, We can and do have the power to overcome sin daily in our lives by choosing in each and every situation what we know would be the Christ-led decision. And we are given, you know, I talked a few weeks ago about the fruit of the Spirit and kind of touched on some of this a little bit, but we are given the strength, the power, and the grace to live life without sin. We just have to make the right choice whenever we're presented with it. So just in case we need to know what some of the works of the flesh could be that we are choosing, uh, to live without in our lives, here's a list. And we did go over this whenever I talked about the fruit of the Spirit, but I'm going to go over it again. Galatians 5, 19 through 21, here in the ESV. So now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, and like I said that last time, of all kinds, impurity, sensualities, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And uh, I went into de- uh, to, uh, an explanation about what that last portion meant on the one on the fruit of the Spirit. So you can go back and look at that if you'd like. I don't have time to get into it. But so like I said, we talked a little bit about this when we did our study a few weeks ago on the fruit of the Spirit. And the works of the flesh here are many. And... Um, <laughs> that's not even a complete list. Amen. Uh, we can choose to live our life without these works of the flesh in our lives. And we have the power and the strength and the grace to live a life that's better. So we're presented, uh, every time we're presented with um, the opportunity to make a good choice or a bad choice, God always gives us a way of escape out of the temptation for the bad. Always gives us that, that still small voice, the Holy Spirit's strength that lives inside of us. He gives us strength and power to make the right choice. And it, it, it's a timely thing. Um, whenever you're presented with a choice to do something that's fleshly or to do something you know that's going to be godly and have a God result, at, there's, a, there's a certain time and you know when it is, just like, just like you, know what, you know that you're walking and breathing. You'll know when the time is when you're at the crossroads and you can say okay and the holy spirit will nudge you in the right direction and you'll make a choice and that is your choice whether you're going to live by the flesh or you're going to live by the spirit okay and the more that you saturate yourself with the word of god the stronger you're going to be to be able to go the right way on that crossroads okay so that's what we're talking about tonight uh when we choose to live by the spirit to be spirit-led, we are choosing a life of victory and peace. Romans 12, 2, here in the ESV again. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So we don't have to guess, okay? If we have been transformed in our minds, let me just read what I wrote. When we choose to transform our minds by putting into it the word of God, we are choosing to live a life in which we are able to know and understand the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So the more we put the word into our lives, the easier it's going to be able to be for us to discern the path that God has for us because we're just going to know because the word instructs us and guides us and shows us the right way. And then we're also led by the spirit who lives on the inside of us to go the right way. Um, we can actually have the discernment that we need to choose well in every circumstance in our lives. And, you know, you don't have to just go through this life not knowing which direction to go. 
you know, aimlessly trying to figure things out. No, God gives you direction. And the more you get in the word, the more you let the word of God wash over you. And the more you hear it, the more you speak it, the more you live it, um, the more powerful you will be uh, in making these right choices and hearing uh, clearly what direction to go in life, you know. Romans 8, 5 in the SV says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. And what I wrote here, just listen. When we put the Word of God continuously into our lives, we are setting our minds on the things of the Spirit. So, but if we choose to put worldly things before us more than the Word, then we are choosing to live by the flesh. So, you, you don't just get to the point of living by the flesh without actually putting something into you. Um, but if you continually like meditate on anger or, or meditate on ungodly things or watch things that you know you shouldn't or you know think things that you know you shouldn't repeatedly, 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 what you're doing is you're feeding yourself the things of the world. And that's, that's fleshly. And you're going to act accordingly. But if you continuously... Put the word of God in your life, choose right actions, choose to live for God, choose to do things that are pleasing for God, then th that's how you're going to live. You're going to be setting your mind on the things of God, and it's going to be easier to walk the path that God has for you. I think it's important for us as Christians to understand that we make choices every day about how we're going to live. And if we're going to choose to live for God or choose to live in a way that's not pleasing to God. And, you know, we know that, you know, that you can truly only please God by living a life of faith. Well, living a life of faith includes living a life of getting the word into you. Okay? Uh, Galatians 5.25 says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. So, basically, our actions will line up with our desire for God. Okay? And the more you desire God, the more you desire to live for God, the more your actions are going to line up with that. And you'll be crucifying your flesh more and more. And why is that important? It's important because that is a life of victory and peace. It's a great life. And, you know, if we choose to live it, then we will uh, enjoy life so much more than if we choose to put negative things in front of our eyes and, and you know, live in, in, um, in those kind of thoughts and, and that lack of peace and, you know, giving into the carnal desires all the time and, you know, just... Uh, giving into things that you know that are, are not godly, you're, that's going to trouble you in your soul, in your very soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. And you're not going to have the peace of God uh, that you could have, that Jesus paid a precious price for you to have. So it's important for you to understand what you're doing daily by what you're putting into your life, okay? So Romans 8, 6 ESV says, For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. Okay? So what we think about is so very important. We did an actual whole retreat, uh, the ladies group did, on thinking responsibly. You know, it's a little play on drink responsibly. Think responsibly. When you choose to think and meditate on the word of God and on things that are of good report, you are choosing wisely, and the peace of God will be yours. Um, uh, you know, it's just so important uh, what we put into our minds, what we allow to live in our minds. Uh, it can just completely shape our destiny. So it's important for you to think on things that are lovely, just and of good report, Philippians 4. Okay? And if you haven't read Philippians 4 in a while, go freshen yourself up with that. It's good. It's good stuff. Philippians 4. Romans 8.8 8 in the ESV. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Hmm. Well, there it said it just right there. Romans 8.2, King James Version. 
threw that in there, didn't I? There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Do you ever just get tired of feeling condemned all the time? You know, just like you never measure up or you never do the right thing or you never, you know. Well, you don't have to feel like that because there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. So if you start making these better choices to put the word of God in, to live by the, to live by the sword, to die by the sword, crucify that flesh by the sword, by the spirit, um, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, then you don't have to live in this turmoil feeling this condemnation, condemnation and, and all these junky thoughts all the time because you're going to be living a better life. You're going to be living the high life. You're going to be living a better life. So, um, so there's no condemnation in them, uh, who are in Christ Jesus. And I know that that, you know, uh, what is it? Not theoretically, but the, the, theologically has a lot more behind it. And I could get into that, but I'm not going to. So we're, cause it's a whole different thing, but we're moving right along. First Peter two eleven ESV says, beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. What I just said to you. When you live by the flesh, what's going to happen is you're going to be, there's going to be a war against your very soul, which is your mind, your will, your emotions. And it's going to try to just take your peace all the time. You'll never feel good enough. You'll never feel like you measure up. And, you know, because you're just living any old kind of way. But if you choose to put the word of God in your life and to live a godly life, then your soul will be at rest and you will have peace. Okay, Romans 13, 14. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Okay, so put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Basically, you know, you receive the Lord Jesus Christ. You, when, you, when you put on um, the Lord Jesus Christ, you're, you're, you're taking on the mantle of Christ. You're, you're saying, you know what, I'm going uh, to live for God. I'm going to live for Christ. Um, and I'm not going to let this flesh control me. Make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. I'm not going to allow it to run my life. I'm not going to allow my carnal desires, my worldly desires, because remember, my, my mind is being transformed. I'm not conforming to the world. I'm allowing my mind to be transformed by the word. So when I do that, I make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. So it's just how much of God do you want and how much peace and victory do you want in your life? It's your decision. And those are decisions that you make every day. So, you know, you, you're not going to just be some great, wonderful, overnight Christian without any actual work. You're going to need to crucify your flesh and do what you know to do that's right. The Word of God says if you, if you do what you know to do that's right, you will, be, you will not be sinning. But if you don't do what you know to do is right, it is sin. Okay, so... So this information may be a refresher for a lot of you um, because I know that you've been living for God and serving God for a long, a, a long time. But it's always good to hear why you're doing something and hear the word fresh and again as to how important it is for us to get the word in us every day, to die to the flesh, to crucify our flesh, and to live a life that's godly and pleasing uh, to the Lord, a life of faith and life, a life of love and unholiness, setting yourself apart for him. So it's important for us to understand these things and to understand why we're doing what we're doing, why we're living the way we're living, not just so we can get, but because we love God. We just love God, and he loves us, and we want to live for him. And when we do, there's so many benefits uh, 
of living for God. It's just amazing. So, but for those of you that have been practicing walking in the spirit for some time, I have another scripture, for, well, for all of us, I have another scripture that might be beneficial. First Peter 4, 1 through 11, and then also verse 19. The actual whole chapter is really good, but for sake of time, I had to cut some of it out. Um, Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking. For whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, so as to live for the rest of the time in the flesh no longer for human passions, but for the will of God. For the time that is past suffices for doing what the Gentiles want to do, living in sensuality, passions, drunkenness, orgies, drinking parties, and lawless idolatry. Another list there. With respect to this, they are surprised when you do not join them in this um, same flood of debauchery, and they malign you. But they will give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. So, and then in verse 19, it says, Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to our faithful creator while doing good. So basically, all it's saying is, yeah, you're going to get some flack for living for God. The people that don't live for God are going to, you know, malign you. And I had to look up that word because I wanted to make sure I knew what it meant. And it means spoken of in a spiteful, critical manner. And I know that we have been spoken of in a spiteful, critical manner more than once. But you know what? It's okay because um, God... You know, we entrust our souls to our faithful creator, and we're doing good. Amen? And, you know, um, so even though you and I may be ridiculed or maligned, spoken of in a spiteful, critical banner, we can rest assured that God will have the last word on that. And we are encouraged to continue living by the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And we are encouraged to continue dying to our flesh and doing good doing good. We need to be found doing good. Um, amen. That's, you know, what we are as believers. And, you know, we've, we need to be, we need to have the right attitude. We need to have the right heart about things. Um, because everybody's going through stuff all the time, every day. And we as believers need to be the ones that are going through the things, but still having a good attitude still having a smile on our face, still having a uh, a joy in our heart. Because, you know, these things are all just temporal, you know, and we know that as believers. So if we are continuously having a good attitude about things and, and, uh, you know, crucifying our flesh because we are strong in the word, you know, dying by the sword, (laughs) then we will be the light and the salt of the earth, and we will be uh, the safe harbor for those to come and and get prayer and to know that God is real and to, um, you know, just show forth the love of God in the earth. That's what we're here for, you know. That just is just so important for us to be consistently constant <laughs> to be, you know, and, and, and not to, not to feel condemned because we may miss it here, there or whatever, you know, but for us to continually be striving to move forward in our walk with Christ, in our walk with God and, uh, grow, not get stagnant, just grow and move forward and, um, want to do what's right. Are we perfect? Absolutely not. But we are made in his image and we are loved by him and we can, we do have the power, the grace, the strength by the Holy Spirit and the Word of God to walk in victory and to live in peace. And that's what we need to be found doing. So 
I just want to encourage you tonight to get back on fire for God. If, if, you're, if you've been stagnant or if you've, you know, haven't really been putting the word in uh, every day, you know, you can tell by your actions slipping. Your, your actions will slip and they will get a little sloppy with your agape. <laughs> and so just, you know, get, it, get on fire again for God. Get excited about reading the word. Start putting in some teaching um, every day. I almost said teaching tapes. Gosh, that shows my age. But, you know, get on YouTube and, <laughs> and listen to some good word every day. And, uh, you know, once a week, you know, or even twice a week is not enough. You know, um, uh, we've often said that if you were to eat <laughs> the way that you eat the Word of God sometimes, we would all be malnourished. <laughs> but uh, I'm just encouraging you tonight to just get on fire for God. And you know, sometimes we just got to stir ourselves up. Amen? And uh, I'm so grateful for you tuning in tonight and uh, hearing the Word of God. I know I went pretty fast, but you can go back and take some notes or, or read it, listen to it again while you're working in the house or driving to work or whatever. Um, but just know that we love you. We're praying for you and your families, and we're expecting God's very best for you every day of your life. Amen? And so let's pray. Father God, we just love you. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We'll hide it in our heart, Lord God. We just love you, Lord. And we just thank you, Father, for your instruction and your guidance and that you made a way for us to live in victory and in peace, Lord God. And we're so grateful to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. All done. That was fast and furious. <laughs> so I had a lot of ground to cover. <laughs> yeah. Thanks.